Hello, and welcome to episode 16 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we're going to talk about a busy weekend of pre-release stuff. Yeah, it was pre-release. It was also uh, Mythic Championship in London. Which no one watched. Well, I tried to watch part of it, but yeah, it was kind of awkward being like mixed in with pre-release. Yeah. I kept, I would watch and it have like 6,000 viewers or 3,000 viewers and I was like, yeah. oh, this is not good. Yeah. It's also like the overseas ones are tough because they're not timed the same as we are. Yeah, they're a million hours in front of us or something. Yeah. Anyway, we should get to like all the important stuff first. Yeah, You can find us stuff. on Twitter. Yeah, at uh, Casual Tripod on Twitter. And on Facebook at... Uh, Casual Tryhard MTG. And, and if you want to email us... It's uh, Casual Tryhard MTG at gmail.com. So, like, reach out. We got only a handful of entries for the uh, the game, yeah. which makes my life easier. Yeah. But hopefully, <laughs> the next time we do this, we'll get a few more. Sure. But we're starting starting with the engagement. We're trying to engage. You have to engage back. It's baby steps. Baby steps. Yep. Pre-release first. Talk about uh, how we yeah. thought about that. Yeah. How would you feel about pre-release? Format is maybe the slowest format we've played in like forever yeah it feels really slow and grindy like normally normally sealed is kind of like mid-range grindy in general um but this felt like you were incentivized to do that because of all the planeswalkers yeah all your planeswalkers are two for ones Mm -hmm. maybe three for ones yep and the two drops are like god awful yeah like all the two drops are one threes i think every color has a one three yeah and most of them aren't great either yeah and so, like, you can't attack into them. Yeah, it makes it hard to build an aggro deck for sure. And, you know, most people are not doing stuff until turn three. Right. And sometimes that's just play a mana rock. Right. A lot of times it is. Yeah, so the format is super slow. Yep. Which leads to, the, like, long, drawn-out games. Mm-hmm. Which is fun. You, like, uh, you get to kind of, like, leverage a skill advantage. Yeah. You can kind of recover if you, like, miss a land drop and mm-hmm. stumble a little bit. You don't just get run over. Right. Now, if some of the cards are just, like, ridiculous and yeah. unbeatable. But uh, as long as your friend doesn't have one of those, you get to kind of have a game kind of regardless. Mm-hmm. So what were the the cards that you were kind of impressed with? Well, overall, I was impressed with a mass. Um, okay. Just reading the mechanic, it was kind of hard to evaluate. Uh, because we've never really had anything like that before. But there's so much amass just tacked onto random stuff. Um, it really adds up in a lot of games that I was involved with, as well as a lot of games I was watching, were decided because of that one army token. Yeah, you get these weird situations where uh, the token either gets really big and kind yeah. of out of control, and they have to spend like a whole actual card on it. Right, where you've spent like... A small fraction of four different cards to make it yeah An- another place where you're getting like a, effectively yeah. a two for one yeah and then it also i think i talked to you or uh, someone about what is the right thing to do do you kill the actual creature right or do you kill the amass token because right if you kill the amass token the next thing with a mass they play makes a body yeah but if you don't the next thing's only like a plus one plus one counter or a yeah. plus two or two plus one plus one counters so then you still only need like one removal spell to kill it so it's yeah. just a question of like what's the best thing to do it makes it kind of awkward too because like the main colors for a mass were black blue and red yes um and they each have a card that will give your army an ability uh, the black one gives it death touch, the red one gives it trample, the blue one gives it flying, and then there's a gold one that gives it menace and hexproof, right? Yes. So you have to be, like, do you care about the token or do you care about the flying portion of the token? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that guy getting flying just wins games out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, that was actually one of my picks for this format was the um, the guy that gives them all flying. Uh, Eternal Skylord, I think yeah. it was. But also, like, there's a whole bunch of recursion. Like, there's enough amass stapled on to spells where, yeah. like, Spellbreaker weird, buying back one of your spells to amass bigger, like, happens. And there's also the spell that, like, brings back your creatures, the Eight, eight of the Fallen, I think. Yes, I, I had someone scoop to that. Yeah. They, in game one, had me maybe discard something. Mm-hmm. And so I boarded in Aid to the Fallen in mm-hmm. my deck that had no swamps. Right. Cast it, and he was like, yeah, you got it. Like, couldn't beat Planeswalker plus Creature. Yeah. That's another thing. The fixing in the format looks god-awful. Yeah. Compared to, like, Ravnica. Yeah. But you are so incentivized to play 
three or four colors. Yeah. Like I don't think I played a two color deck all weekend. Yeah. Because you have to get that like, you know, you have a row mm-hmm. in your blue black deck. You right. just have to put it in. Yeah. Like you need that power bump. Mm-hmm. So you end up playing like sketchy mana bases or you play a lot of people are playing the, the mana geode, mm-hmm. which like you usually wouldn't play that, that kind of a mana rock. Right. But if it's allowing you to cast your bomb. Yeah. You, you kind of have to play these yeah. less than desirable cards yeah. to be able to cast your stuff. Yeah. When was the last time we saw a format where it was okay to play a four mana mana rock? Yeah. Like uh, Hedron Archive? Yeah. I think was kind of like last drew you one. cards. Yeah. Eventually, this just kind of sits there and makes you sad because yeah. I uh, definitely flooded out a few times yeah. with like two of those in the mana geo, and I was like, "Can I get it? <laughs> one of my spells that I have for this guy?" Yeah, like you're playing Obdixilis' Cruelty mm-hmm. and Wanderer Striker, both only a single mana. Right. So you're, you know, green red mm-hmm. with enough fixing that you're playing two Wanderer Strikes. Right. Or you're blue-white and you're playing your Obnixilis' Cruelty off of just, like, some random bits and pieces. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing, too, though, is a lot of the the cards are costed in such a way where you can splash them. Yeah. Um, I think that was done on purpose. Um, The hybrid mana helps, and a lot of the, like, bomby cards, and like you mentioned, the removal, are only a single color pip, so it's not too bad to splash. Yeah, but it is... So when I started playing Seals on Arena, I tried to play, like, a... like two color deck Mm -hmm. and just got smushed and i was like nope apparently i just have to play like everything and the next one was like i wasn't white but i had four wanderer strikes and they were just in the deck (laughs) all right like we'll see how this works and and it works so that is that is different is the fixing looks bad Mm -hmm. but you can still make it work and that's kind of because the format's a little slower and grindy exactly you can get to your bombs yeah and you can get to your lands to play your bombs right Right now, I'm not telling you to like splash two drops, mm-hmm. but splashing uh, Obnixilis's cruelty that maybe right. you're not going to want to play till turn five to yeah. get something that you know was a get a five five. Yeah, and another thing is the fixing. The fixing is actually like not bad in green. No, the fixing in green is decent. Yeah, you get the four drop that adds a mana of any color and gains mm-hmm. you some life. The green uncommon planeswalker, Paradise Druid. Yeah, Paradise Druid. Uh, and also, then we're gonna we're gonna kill his name here, Jang Yangu. Yeah, Jang Yangu. I don't, I don't know if that's correct or not. That's yeah. what I wrote down, but I don't. I didn't look it up. <laughs> he has three loyalty for two and a green, yeah. and you downtick him to put a plus one plus one counter on a creature. Yep. His static ability is all creatures with plus one plus one counters tap for a man of any color. Yep. So it just give, makes all of your your guys birds of paradise. Yeah. It's just a really weird, slow format. Mm-hmm. And like I said, so many of the cards are just hard two-for-ones. Yeah. A, a lot of the Planeswalkers are, for sure. Yeah. Like, the games go long, and you just have to slog through. Mm-hmm. And some of the static abilities are really annoying. Like, I almost yeah. lost a match to uh, Tybalt. Oh. Because I had uh, a bunch of ways to, like, you know, randomly gain life on things. Yeah. And I Took it away from you. Yeah. So I got low, and I was like, I have to kill this Tybalt now yeah. to try to, like, gain some life. Yeah. Obnix, too. I won a couple games with Obnix where my mm-hmm. opponent was at three, and I was dead the next turn. And, like, ripped an Obnix, kill your thing. You're going to take two when you draw two cards, and then you're going to draw for your turn and die. I yeah. won two games that way this weekend. Yeah, I almost beat someone with uh, Davriel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Davriel that's a good one, passive. too. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really weird format, and... All the two drops are like one threes. Yep. So you can't attack into them. There's a lot of like spellkeeper weirds a one four. Yeah. Which blocks almost Everything. all the th- all the three drops. Yeah. And then even like the big red creatures, like yeah. the the guy who like amasses two yeah. is a four five. Yeah. Uh the big black creature that draws a card when it comes into play is a five six or yeah. a four five. Five six, I think he's yeah. big. But you have all these things that all have more toughness than power. Yeah. So, like, if they're staring at each other, they don't even trade. Right, they just bounce. They just bounce. So you get to these boards where no one gets to attack. So, like, flyers are good. Yeah. And, again, you just lean on your planeswalkers to give you value over the course of the game. Yeah. I did want to give a shout-out to Juan real quick, though. Okay. Because uh, he was the only person I saw play an aggro deck all weekend in Sealed. And he crushed with it. Yeah, he had Feather plus the 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. So yeah. he kind of had, like, the two, like, marquee cards for right. that. Yeah. 
but like the fact that he had like the rest of it right is is impressive i think that it's really like maybe one in 10 or one or 20 of your seal pools yeah will have like an aggro ish deck in it and the rest of them are just going to be like one threes and two fours yeah they're just going to stare at each other Mm -hmm. until you play like something ridiculous like one of the god eternals right you're like oh i can't ever beat this Mm -hmm. yay And it just, you're just like, oh man, like my two fours can't beat that thing. Yeah. So never ever. So we liked proliferate yep. as a kind of a fun thing. It, it works really well with the planeswalkers. It works great in this set. If you didn't know, you probably know now that it puts a counter on every permanent you have. You don't right. pick one. It's all of them. Correct. So arena selects all of your permanents for you. As default. As default. Yeah. And then you can be like, uh, no, maybe not. So yeah. I know I have a few times like clicked on something and deselected it. Yeah. And I had to go back and click on it again. Yeah. I heard a couple people talking about that this weekend also. Because yeah, you're like, oh, I need to click on my planeswalker and yeah. you turn it and you click it off. Right. Proliferate plays well with a mass also. Yep. Like we were talking about earlier, you get all the incidental amass off of like your random creatures and spells. And then if you have, you know, some incidental proliferate, it incidentally makes your army unbeatable. <laughs> yeah, it just gets bigger and bigger. You yeah. are soft. The, the armies are, like, soft to bounce. Yeah. Like, the one in the blue callus dismissal? Mm-hmm. Callus something. Yep. It's one in the blue bounce a permanent, non-land permanent, and yeah. a mass one. Yep. Like, you're soft to, to that, but I think that's, mm-hmm. like, the only bounce spell. Well, like I said, though, a lot of it's, like, incidental, though. It's yeah. not like you, you have to play like that blue four drop that amasses three and that's all it does i don't think like that's, that card's bad right yeah that's not playable uh, like the amassed should be incidental on like whatever else you do like the one black black bleeding edge that card's great neg two neg two and amass two yeah uh, i described it to someone i was like remember how excited everyone was for uh uh wa- or wasteland strangler oh yeah that's right? it it's a yep. three two for the same casting cost yep they give something neg three neg three if you can take something from exile and put it into the graveyard. Like yeah. it's way more set up than tap three mana, right. kill something, get a two, two. Yep. Right. That card just has it on it. But no, like if you're all in on your army, yeah. right. It's, it's soft to bounce, right. but sometimes it doesn't matter. You have like a six, six. Mm-hmm. I was uh, in a draft. Uh, I was playing, um, commence the end game yep. and making six sixes on, and like punking people. And in, in, I'm in, pretty sure that I lost to you casting a commence the end game against me. Yeah, I think, I think it yeah. was a 6-6 six, six at 8-year creature. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think you lost to uh, me casting four guys, three guys that said gain three life on them. Uh, yeah, that also. That, that, that was really the, the backbreaker. Yeah. And then variants. You lost the variants pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> hey, variants will get you once in a while. But no, the format is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the planeswalkers aren't super intrusive. Like, yeah. They're very important, mm-hmm. but it's still like a functional format. Yeah, I don't think they, like, I mean, obviously they changed the format and they kind of define the format, but I don't think they warp it, if that makes yeah. any sense. Yeah, I think a lot of the planeswalkers you need to think about, like the uncommon ones, like you're going to build your decks and you're going to have... 10 creatures right but then you have to look and go like well i have veraska and she makes two death touch tokens or you have kesmina and you're making wizards yeah so you have like your creature count is super low but you're getting your creatures from your planeswalkers right it's like if you just played a tokens deck Mm -hmm. and you just made all of your creatures off of spells right this is effectively what you're doing here yep and like again the fact that you have like a mass tacked onto a removal spell or tacked onto a tormenting voice. Yeah. You yep. end up with all these other things you could think about as, well, this is actually just a two, two that gives something like two, Nick two. Right. Or this is a one, one that I can discard a card and draw two cards. Right. As opposed to thinking about it as a spell, it's a creature with that ability. Mm-hmm. So like when you build your decks and you lay out your cards, you're going to have like 10 creatures yeah. that are actually, Actual creatures. creatures. And yeah. then you're going to have a bunch of things that have a mass or yeah. a bunch of things that have that are generated by planeswalkers. And it's right. kind of hard to get used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a count, little bit different way to think. Yeah, when you count your creatures and you're like, huh, yeah. I need more. And then you're like, wait, no. Yeah. No, I have an, uh, an Enter the God Eternals, <laughs> which is just a house, and it's a creature. Let me move it down here. Right. Yeah, it's just Siege Rhino. Yeah, but Spellkeeper Weird can get it back. Right. I copied one with a row. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what are you at? He's like, 14. I was like, sweet. Copy it to you. Kill your two blockers. Make my mass token a 12 12 <laughs> attack. Perfect. I was like, there we go. Yeah, my work here's done. Uh, 
But yeah, there it it is a different way to like think about your decks. Yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed, and I heard it from a lot of people also, although they didn't define it kind of like mm-hmm. I did, but the last few sets that we've had, more so for draft, but it applies to lim- or sealed also, is the last couple sets were very like drafting on rails. Yeah. Where you look at your cards and you say, oh, well, I'm obviously Simic, or I'm obviously the life gain deck. And I don't think that's the case in this format. I think that like even in the same color pair, there can be like very different decks in there. Yeah. Now I maybe I did the the Ravnica sealed differently. Like mm-hmm. I just played all my uncommons and rares that my lands would let me play, so I yeah. just had to come with these piles. Yeah. I know like the draft. I didn't do a lot of drafts, but I've from just following other people, mm-hmm. they are like that. But like Esper is a deck mm-hmm. in in draft that's not really a color pair. Is like yeah, not really a color pair that. Yeah, it wasn't supported or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't supported, but it's just you get all the black and white removal and mm-hmm. the blue card draw, and then you play clear the mind or something awful, and yeah. you eventually get there. Yeah, it's it's a lot different than, right, you think about, like, Ixalan right. was draft a tribe. Right. And on some level, like, Ravnica uh, guilds and uh, allegiances is mm-hmm. uh, draft a guild. Right. Find the open guild or the gates deck. Right. And that's what you're going to do. And this this maybe I know when we did our draft, I took commence the end game first, and then the green guy that taps for any color. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe I'm blue green proliferate, and I just ended up taking like everything. Yeah, I took like the the blue white guy that draws a card and gains you three life. Yep. I took like Obnixilis's cruelty, cruelty and yep. Spark Harvest and a Bantu. Yeah, and just took all the color fixing. I was like, yeah. I'll just cast anything that comes my way. Right. And I think if you're green. You can do that. You get to do that. Because, yeah. like, usually you get punished because, like, your mana dorks aren't good blockers a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, but, but when they gain you three life and they're a two four. Yeah. And they are just, and no one's doing anything. It's also kind of weird because it doesn't feel like the green decks want as much ramp as green provides. So I don't know that you're, like, if that's your goal, I don't know that you're necessarily punished for. Like, choosing that is what you're going to draft. Because, like, the green decks, like, if you're drafting Simic or you're drafting Drool or Gruel or whatever, I don't think they necessarily need all of that ramp. Like, their stuff isn't hugely costed, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, if you're drafting, like, the four or five color pile, yeah. the fixing is going to come to yeah. you. It's because, not going to be highly desired yeah. by the green drafters. Because, like, the proliferate deck doesn't really want New Horizons. Right. That's like for the green, black, like mm-hmm. green, black, all the other colors deck. Yeah. And like they don't want the the two four because they want some, they want Bloom Hulk yeah. in that slot so they can make all their stuff bigger. Right. They want to do something that affects the board in a better way. Yeah. Yeah. The formats, formats fun. I think that it'll be interesting to draft. Mm-hmm. So this is draft weekend coming up. It is. So go get your sweet uh, Bolas Citadel promo. Yeah. I need, I need a couple of those. Yeah. In case we break it in standard. Yep. Hey, we're I, gonna try to. I've got a brew. I've got. I've got a brew uh, going. I've. I think it checks a lot of the boxes that we need to check. So. Yeah. I, I messed around with the uh, explorer version of that deck that I uh, linked on our Twitter page uh, yeah. over the weekend, and that version is definitely missing something. Yeah. I w- it always gets me when like someone tweets out a deck and they're like, "It's great," and then yeah. you pick it up and play it, and you're like. I can't win a game. Yeah, this deck doesn't function. Like, now, to be fair, I only played three games, so it was a small sample yeah. size, and I never saw Wild Growth Walker, but I saw everything else, and it didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, like there, there are times that you, like you just play something, and you're like, yeah, this isn't gonna, yeah, gonna get there. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to touch on for uh, for limited? I don't think. Again, like like you said, all the all the rare planeswalkers are yeah. just absurd. Uh, Sarkon, especially with all the walkers around, I saw so many people die to a resolved Sarkon. I did not see that, um, but just like Chandra, yeah, is just like a house. Ugin yep. is uh, yep. listening to uh, LR LSV said that um, Ugin is like the the top pick in the set. Oh, Ugin's fantastic, colorless, and it goes in every deck. You take it first over everything. Yep, you know you're gonna play it, and it's just just great. It builds you an army. It's removal. It's everything. Nissa is really good. I had two yep. in a pool. Yep, this is great. Yeah, they all just seem really, really good. So two of the best games that I have probably played in months happened at this pre-release. And they were against McCray mm-hmm. for uh, Top 8 Saturday, I think. One of them was a mult of four. I mulled the four. That game lasted half an hour, and it was because of Viv. You just drew a bunch of creatures That card was insane, yeah. Even though they don't have ultimates, they're 
all still for the most part just really strong card advantage yeah there's value engines yeah and they just even if you're not building to you know the regular vivian right ultimate like you're just getting so much out of it yeah that it's still like playing it's a planeswalker i think there mm-hmm. is the uncommon ones aren't necessarily kill on site right the rare ones are still at a power level where they still to some degree warp the game around them right. where you're like if i don't answer this i'm going to lose mm-hmm Yep, Even when the abilities seem small, like Soren, Soren's plus two is, you know, it's one point, whatever. Yeah. But then, like, just getting something back. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, I just, oh this is going to take forever now. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to kind of see how it shakes out. Mm-hmm. But it should be good. Yep. So for the Mythic Championship. Yeah. I watched very little of it. I jumped in here and there. So I was away at training last week. Okay. Uh, so... I didn't get a chance to watch. Well, I guess Thursday night was actually Friday. What would have been Friday? Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch that because I had to go to class on Friday. And then I caught a little bit of whatever was playing Friday night on my way home. I had yep. I had my phone running while I was driving, you know, just listening to the coverage or whatever. Uh, so I caught a little of it there. And then I think I caught the last match of finals. But yeah, was, I didn't even see I didn't see that. I yeah. saw the, the be- I saw the beginning of top eight. Yeah. I saw kind of towards the end of day two, mm-hmm. the modern rounds, like 13, 14, 15 or something. Yeah. But I didn't see a lot. And I think that's yeah. right. They were encouraging everyone to be at pre-release. Yeah. It, I mean, it's kind of a. I can't do both. No. And I'm going to play pre release is my favorite time to play magic. I'm going to play pre release, overwatch, and whatever. I think that was maybe a miss because when yeah. I was watching, like, usually the numbers are like, you know, eight to 10 mm-hmm. or, or like six to eight, somewhere in there. And yeah. they were like 3,700. Yeah. I remember seeing, and I just think it's people were yeah. just not able to, to do it. Well, you can't do both. Yeah. It's, it's too hard. Yeah. So, one thing that, I got out of the coverage I watched mm-hmm. was everyone was talking very favorably mm-hmm. about the Mulligan rule. Yeah. Now I don't know tinfoil hat conspiracy that right. this was like, hey MPL players, are your checks say wizards? Yeah. And so we would like it if you said this rule was the best thing since sliced bread. Right. Which Martin Yuza was like, this is the best thing <laughs> since sliced bread. This is the best idea we've had for magic in 25 years and i'm like i think island really? was a better idea yeah. <laughs> like we're in that 25 year time frame there martin but yeah it seemed like everyone was super on board yeah and the modern metagame mm-hmm. it was the modern metagame for three from three weeks ago right there were a few kind of like oddball decks uh was it mark jacobson played like mono red eldrazi oh okay and played uh four eternal scourges okay they can be cast from exile mm-hmm. and he was serum powdering Oh, okay. So he would like serum powder and get a good hand yeah. and he ended up with two or three or even four eternal scourges in yeah. exile. So he basically started the game with four extra cards, four extra cards in his hand. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I was like the only deck that really abused it. Yeah. But I mean, other than Tron, right. Wasn't Tron, well, Tron like the Tron, most played deck. Yeah. But Tron was also like two or three weeks ago was also like one of the most played, if not the most played deck because yeah. he gets to play main deck relic and it yeah. takes care of dredge and Phoenix. Yeah, and now it also gets to find... Tron on turn three every time. Right, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't different from what you would expect. Right. It was exactly kind of what it was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that they're going to be scared off from... Uh, if, if it would have been like Grishol Brand was 20% of the metagame. Yeah. And like, you know, Dredge was 20%. Mm-hmm. I think they would have been like, oh no, this is a problem. Yeah. But it seems like it was... I wonder, like, how many of that style deck, though, like, pros would have shied away from. You know what I, I mean? Don't, like I a, don't know. If you're showing up to a tournament of that caliber and you want, obviously, want to do your best and have your best shot at taking it down, even if a deck like that, like, on face value, gains percentage points from the London Mulligan, but loses to itself sometimes, like, are you going to take the chance that it might be broken in half? Yeah, but then you just have the chance where you don't, you, the games where you don't participate well that, that's what i mean exactly. though that's why i think that pros might might have shied away from it for yeah for that point and re- like not really dug into it whereas you know if this hits the masses and you know you got twenty thousand people all working on grishol brand and next weekend it breaks everything after they've adapted the london mulligan rule then what i think that what happens and it's scary is they are super in on it for standard and limited yeah and that's where they make their money yeah so I could see them then going, well, 
we have to ban certain cards. That was the Eric Froelich MPL member. Take was, well, if something breaks, it's because the cards are bad, mm. not that the rule is bad. So we need to like get rid of cards that don't conform to the rule. Yeah, it's a slippery slope, man. It is, it is. And so, like, you know, I think I was telling you, like, yeah. it's hard if someone's, you know, uh, in a, a player that's played Dredge, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, now we have to ban Faithless Looting because yeah. because this rule is makes it too good. Yeah. Or if someone's a sneak-and-show player in right. Legacy, and, well, we have to ban Show & Tell. Right. Or we have to ban Grizzlebrand because yeah. it's too good with this with this rule. No, don't take my Grizzle Daddy. I know, really. It's like he's he's my <laughs> he's one of my avatars. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you have this thing where where if they do that, like you you risk upsetting a lot of players. Yeah. But the players you upset are super enfranchised. So they're gonna keep playing. So no they're gonna what. keep playing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so that's tough. Yeah, it is, and it feels it feels like that's the way we're going. Yeah. And I would prefer not to do that because again, yeah. I play faithful looting in right. all formats at all times. Yeah. I think I have like seven playsets. <laughs> I'm I'm not one to uh, tout a faithless looting man. Yeah, but just like it seems like I can see them getting rid of serum powder. Like yeah. serum powder is a dumb card that only does dumb things. Right. But I don't want to see them have to like do a bunch of stuff to make that yeah. to make that work. No, I didn't have a chance to dig through any of the data or even see what was other than i saw that tron was well represented i didn't even look to see what the metagame breakdown was it was like tron was 12 or 14 percent and then dredge was nine and then phoenix was like eight Mm -hmm. and then it was your normal modern metagame a bunch of fours and fives yeah were there any changes to like stock deck lists because of the mulligan rule that you noticed or um i know that there was uh the guy who made top eight on titan shift Mm -hmm. played three uh Oh gosh, the acid moss. Oh yeah, because he thought that Tron was gonna be good, so he yeah. just wanted a way to like blow up a Tron land. Mm-hmm. So Monvoli, Monvoli yeah. acid yeah. moss is two green green. Uh, destroy a land, search your deck for a land, and put it on the battlefield tapped. Yep. So in Titan Shift, it's basically Stone Rain because you right. always like ramp. Right. He played that. He played three of those in his main deck to mm-hmm. to kind of prey on Tron. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there was a lot of like big changes. Yeah. Uh, the humans list that they put up all looked pretty similar. That's weird. Yeah. So that wasn't like there was a big change to humans, or like they felt like they had to do something to uh, adjust to the metagame. I think one person had like an Anafenza, mm-hmm. and most everyone else didn't have the Anafenza. Right. But that's not that's not like really what I'm talking about. What I meant was like were there changes to deck lists that you saw for the Mulligan rule? Oh, to, to to maximize the Mulligan world. Yeah. I was thinking more of changes to decks to combat other decks that might be abusing oh. the Mulligan rule. Okay, but no, I didn't see anything like that where where people were making like cutting lands yeah. or because that's that's where I think ultimately the problem would be if the Mulligan rule changes like how decks are built, then like that probably shouldn't be a thing. Yeah, and again, I didn't watch enough. I only saw a few deck techs here and yeah. there. But it didn't look like there was anything, and that wasn't, again, I don't know how much I'd want to push that storyline, but yeah. that wasn't a storyline that, that came through Right. about like, oh, well, we shaved a land, or mm-hmm. we, we did this or that because we could get away with it from the Mulligan rule. So yeah. that didn't seem like that was a thing. Okay. Other than the Mark Jacobs uh, deck. Yeah. So apparently on the match slips, they had who won and lost. Yeah. Then... They asked you to put down how many times each player mulliganed each game. Oh, and yeah. And who won that game. Okay. So they were like, I got it 2-1. Game one, I mulliganed twice. My opponent mulliganed once. I won. Then So they were trying to track yeah. how mulligans impacted win rate mm-hmm. as, as additional data. So they're not solely basing it, they say, off of just how the metagame looks. Yeah. They're looking a little bit deeper. Okay. But I also, I also kind of feel like it's a done deal. Yeah. Like, I don't know, when Modern Horizons comes out. Yeah. I guess the next time they'd probably, like, address the rules. Look at the modern format, yeah. Or at, like, Corset 20. Right. That might be when they, like, change the rules. Okay. While we're talking about modern real quick. Okay. Have you seen this? uh, I know we kind of talked about Allosaurus Riders briefly, but have you seen this list? I think I bought some Allosaurus Riders a couple days ago, so go on. One of the guys at the shop was telling me about it on Friday, I think. Uh, like Neoform Gristlebrand list. Mm-hmm. 
said he's had some pretty decent results using the London Mulligan rule. Like he oh, was I'm testing sure. with the London Mulligan rule, and fail rate's not a not abysmal like the old deck was. Yeah. yeah well, now you have eight. Yeah. Of one of the combo pieces. Yeah. And they all pitch to the Allosaurus Rider. Yeah. Um, there was also a list a list that I saw. I think they said it was a turn one kill. Okay. Where they used Chancellor the Well whoa, I can say that. Uh Chancellor of the Tangle. Okay. It works like the Chancellor cycle. You show it if it's in your opening hand and you get a green mana. So if you get two of those in your opening hand, you can metamorphose to uh get green blue. And then you can pitch both of them to uh Allosaurus Riders. And then you get to uh, Neoform and uh, Gristle Daddy on turn one. I feel like a Christmas tree spout. Oh yeah, out of no, the it's absolutely it's absolutely Christmas magical Christmas land. But like I was, I was okay with like a one one Chancellor of the Tangle and like a land, and then you have the Neoform <laughs> and some other green card. Like okay, but yeah, in the Manamorphose, like my entire hand is the nuts. Right. It seemed interesting though. Yeah. No, it seems. It seems like there might, there's probably something there. Yeah. There's enough pieces. I bought six Allosaurus Riders, so I hope there's something there. Yeah. Uh, I, like I think bucks. I've got everything for that deck, so I might just yeah. throw it together for funsies. Yeah, kind of like I threw together the the Gorya's Vengeance Grizzle Brand. Yeah. Uh, take all the attack steps deck. Yeah. Winning on turn two feels good. <laughs> it feels real good. We had pre-release. We mm-hmm. had Mythic Championship. Yep. What are our kind of next big things, or what are you doing next? Um, so in a couple weeks, we've got uh, Mythic Championship qualifiers coming up, right? We do. It's like the replacement for the PTQ circuit, PPTQ, RPTQ, we're, whatever. We're going back to the PPT, the PTQ yeah. system that we had previously. So right. for the last few years, it was you played a smaller event that ranged in anywhere from like eight to like 50 people depending on where you were yeah and if you won that you were qualified for an rptq yep which those were usually 50 to 100 in this area yeah right about that and if you won that or depending on the size it was like top four Mm -hmm. you get an invite to the mythic championship right now we've gone back to the old system where it's just one event one event. Yeah. Uh, I think the one in. So there's one in Raleigh. Yeah, there's one in Durham at Atomic Durham. Empire. Okay. Um, and I believe that one has a 250 something cap, 256 maybe. Okay. And then there's one the following week in Columbia, and I think that one has a 120 something cap. Yeah, it was a it was a lower cap. Yeah. But these things are all gonna like sell out. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. So I know I. Bought my entry for the yeah the one in Columbia yeah three weeks ago two weeks ago I registered for mine as soon as the announcement came out yeah because the old PTQ system was notorious for yeah. people showing up and stores being full right or people showing up and playing on picnic tables outside yeah because as a store owner yeah you want to get the extra thirty bucks from that player absolutely we'll stick them on a table or put you on a floor yep that's gonna keep happening mm-hmm. so. Just be aware that when these get announced, you have to kind of yeah. make a decision, clear clear plans, and go if that's what you want to do. Yep. Because just being like, oh, I can go now is mm-hmm. not not probably going to work. Yeah. It, I mean, it's tough for this one also because it's going to be fresh standard. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, how, how are we uh, going to decide what you're doing? Currently, by playing some garbage standard decks on Arena. Yeah, that's kind of kind of what I'm doing. Also, until I feel something that clicks, I'm probably just going to jam a bunch of different lists on Arena. Yeah, uh, I so I follow the Arena deck list mm-hmm. thing, and I occasionally tweet stuff out. Yeah. Uh, from that, just, yeah. If I see a if I see a cool list on there, I usually pin our Twitter with it. Yeah. So there was there was a Gruel deck that had uh, the stuff we talked about last week with mm-hmm. uh, Crunch Wrangler. Il, no, Ilhrag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That had, like, they were on two Rhythm of the Wilds okay. and two Domeries or okay. three Domeries. But the only, like, big stupid thing they had to put in was Galta, okay. which, I mean, gets the job done. Here's, yeah. here's 18 coming at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they were just giving, giving the guy haste. It was a weird, it was like a weird mix of things. It was, like, two Spellbreakers and, yeah. like, three of this other thing. It was It's like kind of weird, weird, though, because if you've already got, like, an Ilrag in play, like... You're probably not that far away from Galta. No, but if you give your if you go like Llanowar Elf into Rhythm into mm-hmm. something on on three, yeah, and then turn four, eighteen them, yeah, 
like you right yeah you yeah i mean it's a good thing to put in yeah. but yeah you could you know definitely cast yeah your Golta at that point yeah but it was like a weird kind of like mishmash of it was a, it was an early list where yeah. i was like well this thing might be good yeah but i don't have the rest of it yeah i mean that's kind of another thing to keep in mind also especially when you're preparing for new standard is a lot of the lists that you see probably aren't going to be as refined as they yeah. should be so don't feel bad about making changes yeah and you can if you see something that looks powerful like rhythm of the wild into yeah. into big pig then try it, but also be like, okay, this is the interaction I think is powerful. Is it good enough? Mm-hmm. And now what do I have to put around it? Right. Right, because the things around it might not be right. Like mm-hmm. the numbers are probably not right for what you should play. Yeah, a lot A lot of early lists tend to just be a lot of four ofs. Yeah. Um, which is fine for consistency, but that doesn't leave you a whole lot of room to like interact with your opponent a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And especially if you need to like fine tune your removal to a meta, just playing a bunch of four ofs doesn't let you do that either. It's interesting kind of how like decks kind of like move. Yeah. Right now we're in the are these interactions that we thought were good? Right. Are they good? Yeah, right now we're just, what I'm doing is just looking for something powerful that I can build around. So a lot of the lists that I'm either finding through various means and testing out or brewing up on my own are going to be just a lot of four ofs to see what's worth brewing around. Yeah. And then once I find something that I like that's powerful, then I'll go back and, you know, cut some of the fat out and put some interaction in and whatever else you have to do. Right now, there's a plethora of kind of randomy combo things. Yeah. That are in standard. Uh, before I came, before we started recording, I, I was comboing people with Rowl and Expansion Explosion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made some changes to a stock list I saw. I think it made it worse. I tried to put Growth, uh, growth Spiral and everything. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can just get a turn ahead, but I can't dig fast enough. Uh, that is, if you have if you have a spell plus two Expansion Explosions, play the spell. You copy it with Expansion Explosion. Then you copy your expansion explosion. Mm-hmm. Rouse passive is whenever you cast or copy a spell. Yeah. It deals one damage. So you're kind of playing almost like a Splinter Twin type yeah. strategy where it's just uh, shocks of lightning strikes and you're kind of trying to get to turn five right. with an opt or a shock into um, expansion explosions. Mm-hmm. But you also just have the out of shock you, strike you, uh, expansion uh, explosion you for four. Right. And, like, you can just end up being this, like, burn deck mm-hmm. that has this, like, backdoor combo mm-hmm. finish. No, it takes a lot of moving parts. I wonder, because all, like, that deck is instant speed. Yeah. Um, I wonder how viable that is in the Team of Reclamation shell. I don't know enough about the Team of Rec- Reclamation shell to know, like, you could Like, put, you could play Rail over Niv. Yeah, you could you could just stick Rowl in that deck yeah. and have, like, two Rowls. Yeah. And just backdoor some sometimes backdoor your way into yeah. having having the combo as opposed to having four rows right and being all in not yeah you're not you can win other ways but like yeah. your your plan A is to do that I also saw people playing Nissa mm-hmm. in the reclamation shells okay because Nissa if all your lands are forest is the same thing as wilderness reclamation yeah right like it Except just doubles it- your mana. Yeah, but that with a reclamation doesn't like it doubles the reclamation. Yeah, like if you go like reclamation into Nissa, yeah, you just have like twenty mana. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, yeah, you Seems you get good. to win. You can do whatever you want at that point. Like the list I saw was just had had just had two Nissas, so I yeah. don't they weren't super in on it. Yeah, but but that's another thing that can happen. Like I think there's something with it's also cute because like Nissa wakes up all your lands. Yeah, and then you get to attack and untap them. So yeah, it's like giving all your lands vigilance. It's kind of cool too. Well, they have vigilance. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I I almost lost again because I didn't realize my lands. I I wasn't attacking and I was yeah. like, oh these have vigilance. Yeah. These are great. Yeah, get in for nine now. Yeah. You have that, so there's like, uh, there's that. There's also uh, Tamio in mm-hmm. the Nexus shells, yeah, where Tamio just helps you dig for your next eye, yep, which you know, fun. Um, <laughs> another way for that deck to dig for pieces, yeah. And Tamio is pretty reasonably costed, too, yeah, so. she's four, yeah, and she gets to get a card back from your graveyard, right? 
So you just end up anti put cards in your graveyard to help right. you flip like a search. Yep. Yeah. No, she also thins your deck out because you're never gonna put your nexus in the graveyard, right? Yeah. So you just like concentrate yeah. your your deck. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be that'll be fun if like best of three is like a nexus world. Yeah. I don't think it will be. I think there's enough other stuff to do. Yeah, there's probably enough other stuff to do. I'm interested to see if there's a. So there's the Judith decks. Mm-hmm. I played against one. And like it had like Grim Initiate and mm-hmm. Dreadhorde Butcher, mm-hmm. which it, it got to just be two colors. Yeah. And it was really fast. Yeah. And it doesn't like it didn't feel like it needed the 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 Judith. So. Oh, okay. It so it's more of like a just an aggro deck than like yeah. an aristocrat's shell. Mm-hmm. That like I didn't see a, a priest of forgotten guys out of them. Yeah. I saw just like Dreadhorde Butchers and Grim Initiates and then Judith. Yeah. But it's uh, in like if you have the Flame Blade uh, um, Artist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that lets you sector in your mm-hmm. upkeep. Yeah. Right. With like a Dreadhorde Butcher, like you can just, you yeah. know, four or five someone out of no, like right. out of nowhere. Yeah. So that deck seemed like it was good, but it, it's weak to uh, uh, Cry of the Carnarium. Right. Right. So if that deck gets too good, then everyone just plays Cries and the deck gets less good. Yeah. It kind of depends what, what Black Shell there is yeah. running around too. But that seemed that seemed really good. Mm-hmm. I want to see if there's a like a red white aggressive deck with mm-hmm. like feather and uh, oh what is her name the the big mythic angel uh, Aurelia Aurelia yeah a game where you go the two two haste guy mm-hmm. into feather mm-hmm. into Aurelia yeah that seems pretty good seems great and then you also have Tajik yeah and you have like a Boros Challenger which is not a great card but like is has has a two three well I think that the new heroic guy kind of takes that two drop slot from him though he's just yeah better. I don't know what your other two drops would be yeah I don't know but but like that deck just like a three four flyer for three yeah seems very good yeah to let you rebuy defiant strike every turn to cantrip Seems great. Yeah. Like, that might be a deck. Yeah. And also, other than, like, Tajik, uh, most of your creatures have uh, more toughness than power. Yeah. So then you can play that uh, Solar Blaze. Oh, yeah. Right? And Tajik prevents all non-combat damage to your creatures. Yep. So, like, you could even play, like, two twos and have a Tajik and then, like, Wrath their board and leave all your stuff. Yeah. So you have this weird thing where Aurelia is a 2-5, Feather's a 3-4, Boris Challenger is a 2-3. So you just have all these things that have more, have bigger butts, and then they just... He's like, okay, cool. You played a you played a three four, yeah, or you played a four three. Oops, I guess I get to kill it and like two other things, right? And now attack. Mm-hmm. So and probably still have mana up. Yeah, yeah. So that is that might be something that could work, but yeah, maybe like it would like just wreck the stompy decks. Yeah, like oh, oh cool, a five four. Yeah, that's cute. that's just fodder. <laughs> uh, kill you. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of things. Like right now is a fun time where you just get to like Do try to play want. some garbage. Yeah. I don't have like sideboards for decks, so I've been just jamming best of one, mm-hmm. like non ranked best of one. Yeah. I haven't logged I haven't checked my ranking in like forever. I'm sure it's <laughs> awful. I sure could just be playing like ranked best of one. Yeah. But like playing not ranked best of one like is not great testing. Yeah. Just because people concede super fast. Yeah, I try and like if I'm gonna play not ranked, I mm-hmm. try and at least do one of the events. Yeah. That way, like, there's at least something on the line, even if it's just a couple coins. Yeah, so, but yeah, I just have been jumping into some of those, and then, like, like I don't know if this deck's good or not. This person just, like, scooped because they missed their third land drop. Yeah. So, it's not real good testing. Yeah. But if all you're looking for is an interaction to build around, then yeah, it doesn't like, have to like, be great testing. Does this work? Yeah. Does this work? Is this fast enough? Yeah. Like, how hard is this to assemble? Yep. The other thing I want to try, and I know we're, we're both trying to figure out something, is yeah. Bolus of Citadel. Yeah. I was uh, thinking, so I think like a blue-black shell. Okay. You have uh, Psy Master Thopterus, mm-hmm. and then you have Sahili. Uh, Sahili. Yep. And you can play Karn, mm-hmm. and then we talked about that artifact shell. Yeah. So you play all the artifacts that gain yep. you life, so you can rip them off the top with your Citadel. Yep. But then you could also kind of coming at a, at a different angle antiquities war mm-hmm. right so now you have a way to dig to your citadel yeah and incidentally it turns all your garbage artifacts right. into a threat a threat yeah like i haven't like kind of sketched out a list yeah but like there might be something there where like car lets you reset the top of your library yep you play treasure map yep 
So that treasure map will let you reset the top of your library if you hit a land off Bolas' yeah. Citadel. It also lets you play Wrath Effects. Yeah. Like you can, you know, you could Ritual of Soot yeah. uh, your opponent or whatever, yeah. and then, you know, then play your Psy the next turn and then start right. building out your army. Yeah. That might be interesting. I haven't, like, put it together. That was it's on my list of things to do. Yeah. I, I actually thought about that list also, like the blue-black shell with... Yeah. Uh, Sai and Sahili. I think I mentioned before I had actually tried out the uh, the Explorer Citadel list and wasn't super thrilled with it. I never felt like I had enough time to get a Citadel down. Yeah. And like if that's what you're building around, then that's probably not where it. you want to be. So I think I'm going to abandon that one, and at least until I see some some more tuned lists. Cause... Yeah, because I think there's probably something there. It's it's on the it's similar to Frenzy. Yeah. Where I think everyone looked at Frenzy and went, uh. Yeah, and then proceeded to have someone cast seven spells off the top of their deck. Yeah, right. And Boris's Citadel is kind of frenzy when they have a steam canal. Yeah, like that's powerful. Like to have those two cards wrapped up in one. Absolutely. It's just how do you get there? Yeah. Like I don't know if you can play like mana rocks. Yeah. To get there, I don't think that standard is like all the mana rocks are garbage. Yeah. I don't think standard is a mana rock place, mm-hmm. but it may be treasure some... cruise or uh, not treasure cruise. Treasure map probably helps there though. Yeah, I mean, and if you're playing like uh, Antiquities War, your treasures yeah. become yeah. can become giant monsters. Yeah, but yeah, that'll help you get get there. And then if you're black, you could have a little bit of of interaction. Mm-hmm. Let it be like thought erasure to help dig. Yeah, or just like some removal spells. Mm-hmm. It seems interesting. Also, went real deep. There's a a card from like the welcome deck or one of the planeswalker decks okay it's two mana for an artifact comes into play gains you three life okay so gains more life than it costs yeah pay five draw a card so it's all it's like all the stuff we had talked about like orasco relic does the like does the ramp Mm -hmm. and then will gain you life later on Mm -hmm. so there's things here that can be yeah like the only like it really i feel like it needs like when we were in kaladesh we had uh pentad prism yeah and we had metal spinners puzzle knot. Yeah. In the like the mono blue mono blue artifacts deck yeah, played uh, like Aether Flux Reservoir Psy. Yeah. A plus. Yeah. Uh played um like four pentad prisms and like two metal spinners puzzle knots. Mm-hmm. We have a crappy pentad prism right now. Yeah. But we don't have like the Yeah. We the also don't have Ornithopter. We don't have Ornithopter. We don't have any zero casting costs yeah. things. Well, like the Ornithopter was important when you picked up all your stuff right. with uh Outcome. Yeah, paradoxical outcome. Yeah. And yeah, we don't have like a busted combo yeah. draw engine. Right. Tezzerets, whatever. No, one uh, one with the machine or whatever. Yeah. Uh, not good enough. Yeah. I was like I looked at the words artifact and draw and that <laughs> came up and I was like No. Skyscanner. Yeah. Three mana enters, draws a card. Yep, that's a body. That's a body. There we go. We've done it, folks. Yep. We have flying bodies now. The uh, the other thing is that both Sai and uh, Sahili put nerds out. Yeah. So you can just like play a citadel and tend somebody. Yeah, you can. It can be something where you chip in, and then yeah. the citadel is your finisher. Yeah. Where it can be your engine, or yeah. it can be your finisher. You can go Sahili Moxopal. Mm-hmm. Or not Moxopal. Mox Amber. Mox Amber. Right, and then like play the uh, the stupid uh, one mana uh, navigator's compass, mm-hmm. right, and get two bodies on turn three. Now yeah. you can protect your Sahili, yeah, and now you have a bit of pressure. Yeah. Or you can do the same thing with uh, Psy. Yeah, play a nerd, uh, play him, play Mox Amber. Yeah. So there might like it might not be like an all in Citadel deck as yeah. much as it's like this artifact. Mm-hmm. Deck that I just wonder if that deck wants a uh, new Tez. I was uh, the the blue black one. Yeah, the the buy a box promo. I don't. He's also five or six. So he's a six drop. He's a six drop. Yeah. So like I don't know because like you don't have a ton of like that wouldn't have you wouldn't have a ton of like creature yeah and play like police creatures and planeswalkers and also like old old Karn mm-hmm. like you minus them and you make like you know right a seven seven yeah okay sure. Like this, this will this will work. Mm-hmm. So like the deck could have a bunch of different angles. Yeah. Once I kind of wear myself out on uh, on Ral, I might buy my last Ral and buy some uh, Citadels just so mm-hmm. I might have something to play at that tournament. <laughs> I mean, if I can just like not care about what you're doing, like that's where I want to be. Like, oh, yeah. oh, that's cute. I also messed around a little bit with that uh, Simic Ramp deck that we were talking about. Yeah. So to remind everyone, what what was that doing? 
Um, it was trying to make a big bioessence hydra using okay. Kiora. In mm-hmm. that deck, there is something there. I only played a couple games with it, but there is something in that shell. Um, just making a giant hydra and like that almost ends a game on the spot. Does it want dive down? I just thought of that. Like if you had like you, I, put, I had a couple in my list. Yeah, you just have your hydra and you're like, I just have to protect this for like yeah. two turns. Yeah. And another thing, uh, we were talking about. You said that there needed to be a something like it four or yeah. to like kind of bridge. Yeah. Is Casmina the bridge? Yeah, maybe. Right. Like she doesn't get you more cards. But, but she, she turns filters. like your like whatever your like worst card is yeah. into maybe your bioessence hydra, yeah. and gives you a body maybe, and also makes it so they can't target your guy. Yeah. So like she's kind of all the things you need your bio need to protect your bioessence hydra. Yeah, maybe. So that could be that could be something. Yeah. So the idea is to like ramp out a Kiora as fast as you can. Yep. And then you use Kiora to ramp out a bioessence hydra yeah so it's like lana war elf into kiora into hydra into hydra yeah. then protect it or mm-hmm. you know at that point like it only dies to like cast down right because it's giant yeah and it's turn three so your opponent doesn't have like they don't have formatic for contempt it dies to like it has to like cast down and, mo- and uh mortify and that's basically yeah, that's it. about it and like, if people start playing the devil yeah please because great <laughs> Um, and then you just like untap and you're like, at that point it's like a 10, 10. Yeah. It's a 10, 10. And it's like, this is a heaven forbid you pay a, play a Kiora after that. Yeah. Like here, here's my clock. Yeah. 10 you. Yeah. And so it's also an interaction that like at first glance, I didn't pick up on was every time you play a planeswalker, you put counters on that planeswalker. So you put counters on the Hydra. There were a couple games where I missed lethal damage because I, uh, cast a second Kiora post-combat or whatever. Yeah, I um, found out the hard way when an opponent in a sealed had a 24-24 Bioessence Hydra. Like, yeah. they played a Kiora or something, and I was like, in it, I was like, oh, no. Like, yeah. like thank you, uh, La Rune uh, Enforcer, yeah, for tapping, tapping this guy. Because I am so dead. Yeah. But, yeah, that's an interesting, like, it's just, like, big dumb trampler. Yep. Can you beat a big dumb trampler? Yeah. So. Hopefully the answer is no. Hopefully the answer is no. So that could be another kind of comboy thing, mm-hmm. but like the deck probably like the plan B for the deck is maybe like explore guys. Well, I think the plan B for the deck is hydroid crisis. Yeah, hydroid crisis. Yeah, yeah, and just like you know, okay, I ramped into something you know. that draws me four cards and is going to kill you in two turns. Yeah, yeah. So that's not a bad B plan. Yeah. If you get onto arena now, it's just going to be wild west. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, the big three are still there in some numbers. Yeah, I've played against a lot of mono red in those, like, you yeah. know, best of one cues. I haven't played against anything super wild. Yeah. I've been the one playing the super wild garbage. <laughs> well, there are there are certainly some wild decks out there. There's no metagame this week. Yeah. Like, I played hardly any that wasn't just sealed. Yeah, I was out of, of town and... And, like, it wasn't worth it. Like, yeah. we knew what the metagame was going to be up until Thursday. Yeah. And, and then we knew all bets were off. Yeah. It's going to take at least a week or two. Yeah. So we'll try to, like, keep a lookout for, mm-hmm. like, you know, that red-black list looked really good with, like... Well, I'm all in for a red-black list, so I might uh I Yeah, might I, I, I don't know exactly what was in it, but I had a, a good enough feel yeah. as I was getting run over. Yeah. But there was something there. Yep. So, yeah, like, you know, you can look, get on there and try your stuff, but keep your eyes open for what... Mm-hmm. What you're playing against. Yep. Like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I also want to... Ronus. Mm-hmm. Like, Ronus and Mono Green. Yeah. Just like, hey, here's... My giant guys are gianter. Yeah. And... Because, again, like, if you... Like, we were talking about if you go, like, Pelt Collector into Crunch into... Steel Leaf. Steel Leaf. And then, you know, you play one of your big dumb four drops. Right. And then, like, Ronus, you have all these giant guys with Trample. Yeah. In some form of evasion. Yeah. That got even bigger. Yeah. No, you win. Yeah, like it's it's like I think Galta sometimes can be like a virtual turn five win, mm-hmm. but Ronus might just be actual a turn, turn five, five win. Yeah. Like you've got in for a little bit of damage, and yeah. then you just have like some tramplers that kill them. Yeah. So I'm interested in trying that, mm-hmm. and it's way better against like Esper, right? Because you don't have a twelve drop that is stone uncastable in right. your deck. Yeah. You're like, here's a five drop. I can play five drops. Yeah, and if they kill it, you get another shot. Yeah. Rekindling Phoenix, you don't have to like, invest the mana. Right. But they have a hard time with threats that yeah. come back. Yep. We had uh, a couple other things we wanted to go over on Arena, right? Okay. What else do we have here? 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I know you've done a lot of work lately trying to figure out how to get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. So apparently my tweet was not clear enough. We'll try again. Um, <laughs> so back in uh, – I haven't put a ton of money into Arena. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've put in some. But back at the start of – Allegiance. Allegiance, I put in $100. Mm-hmm. And I said I'm going to spend – 50 of it on Seals, mm-hmm. and I'm going to spend the other 50 on Seals for War. Right. So I didn't really track it in Allegiances, but when War came out, I had a play set of every, and, and all the rares, commons, and uncommons, mm-hmm. and all the mythics that mattered. Mm-hmm. What I did this time was I tracked it. Mm-hmm. So I went, I basically spent like 86 or 8,700 gems, mm-hmm. and I just played Seals. Which is about 50 bucks, right? It's about 50 bucks. Yeah. So 90, uh, sorry, 9,000 gems gets you 45 packs. Right. And then the buy a box promo, which yep. is Tez. So what I did is I took, instead of spending the, the 9,000 gems on that, I spent it on doing Seals. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get 10 Seals mm-hmm. out of 9,000 gems, which is better than you should get. Yeah. So a, a Sealed is 2,000. So my average sealed cost me like 900 gems. Mm-hmm. Got me three. You always get three packs. Three regular arena packs. Three regular arena packs. Like you would be buying if you spent gems yeah. on arena packs. Mm-hmm. And then you get your six sealed packs. Right, which are different than arena packs. Yeah, they don't count towards your vault. They don't count towards your opening packs for wild cards. Right. They count towards your vault, but not right. your pack opening. Yep. So, but there's the, also more cards in them. There's right? also more cards. There's yeah. 15 as opposed to eight. Eight, yeah. Yeah. So I was able to play 10 seals, which got me 30 regular arena packs mm-hmm. plus 60 of your regular sealed packs, like right. your regular 15 card packs. So I actually was able to see 90 packs mm-hmm. for the price of 45 packs. Right. And you might be thinking like, oh, your win rate must be great. It was 57%. Yeah. If you could go three and three, mm-hmm. every single one of your seals, mm-hmm. they would cost you 800 gold yep. or 800 uh, gems. And I had a couple seven, uh, I had a seven oh and a seven one, a lot of three threes, four threes, and two threes. Yeah. And like three one threes, it just murdered my uh, your rate. Your percentage? Yeah, because the, so my win rate was 57%. I was like 35 and 23 or something. But it was, um, it's at three and three, there's a big jump mm-hmm. from, Two yeah. to three wins. You go to twelve hundred gems. Mm-hmm. So every time you get that, basically you've just bought three arena packs and yeah. you got the six sealed packs for, for free. free. So I think like that's gonna be the way I'm gonna do it going forward. And so when I went and looked today, I put in some like uncommon wild cards, mm-hmm. but I have a place that are very uncommon and common, and then I have most of the rares. I'm missing some, but it's one of those things like. I have two, like, Ravnica Wars. Yeah. I don't need four of those. No. Right? So now I'm at the point where I think I ended up with, like, 20... I had, like, two wild cards or two rare wild cards. Yeah. I ended up with 29. Wow. Uh, because every six packs you open yeah. is... So I opened... The other thing I do is I save my gold. I yeah. don't use my gold for anything, so I get four wins plus my, like, daily mm-hmm. every day. And... I ended up with 137,000 gold. Oh, that's a lot. So I bought with gold 100 packs, 110 mm-hmm. packs. So I opened 140 packs even. Yeah. So I had my 30 from playing uh, Seals, three from the like play uh, play Spark War yeah. code, and uh, then I bought a bunch of packs. So I opened 140 packs. Mm-hmm. And so with all of that, I was able to basically have everything. And I opened all my packs after I got done doing my seals mm-hmm. because your sealed packs, the packs that you use to build your seal pool, don't have duplicate protection. Right. But your regular packs do. Right. Your regular arena packs do. So I bought all my, did all my seals, yep. got that out of my system, and then I just opened all my packs. Mm-hmm. So as I was going, I noticed that my, the rares I was opening, they kept, it kept being like a smaller and smaller group. Yeah. Like I would, fill up on all my Chandra's, so now I'm not going to ever open another Chandra. Yeah, now you're going to fill up on Tamios. Yes. So, and I was fortunate I didn't max out, or I didn't, like, at any, no point did I get gems for anything in any of my seals, so I never hit my fifth in any of my seals. Yeah. I basically now have almost all the rares that matter, a place out of them, Mm -hmm. 
and I have enough mythic wild cards and rare wild cards that I just went like, yeah, I want four nickel boluses, so I just crafted nickel boluses, yeah. and I still have like fifteen or twenty mythic wild cards. Like I kind of do whatever I want. Yep. And I put a hundred dollars in four months ago. Yeah, it's not bad. That for seems a bit. like a great way to do it. Yeah. So and it's fun too. Like I got like five or six seals in before the pre-release. Yeah. So like. I went in having an idea of like, oh no, this is grindy yeah. and I have to play a three color or four color pile yeah. to like make all this stuff work. Mm-hmm. You're kind of a leg up on everyone else there. Yeah. I think I had, like I said, I had at that point probably 20 or 30 games in Yeah. when I showed up for my first pre-release and I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing now. Yeah. So I, and I went, uh, I went smooth undefeated on the weekend. Yeah. So so fun times. Yep. And I think playing like playing yeah. a bunch of those seals helped. Absolutely. Like, Arena's sadly not a hundred percent free. Like you right. can't just like play for free forever, but you can You can get a good chunk of the way there though. Yeah, you can mitigate your costs. Yeah. If you just are like, you know what, I'm just gonna play like the free mm-hmm. the free best of one or the free traditional play mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get my get all my games in that way. Yeah. As one of the reasons I haven't played a lot of those leagues. Yeah. Is like you have to go so five two or four two or something to break even I, I don't i haven't played one in a while um i know it used to not be bad to break even yeah but you like you there's more of like kind of pressure on you to break yeah. even i mean it's not like a huge investment it's like oh i gotta play for an extra 20 minutes to right. get a couple more but but i so i don't i haven't messed with those i'm just like all my gold yeah. becomes packed for the next set so i can kind of do whatever i want yeah and at this point, I'm getting to the point where I'm like plus on wild cards. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, I have enough wild cards I can kind of build whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, speaking of wild cards, I know uh, we talked briefly about this over the weekend, but um, did you read? I think it, somebody posted it on Reddit about uh, how best to utilize the packs that you do purchase on Arena uh, using wild cards. Like was this the, like burning all your uncommon? Yeah, burning common and uncommon wild cards. Yeah, I did do that before I started opening my packs. I went through. I had like 120 uncommon wild cards. Yeah. And I went through and I just kind of like anything I had, any uncommon I had three of, I topped off to four. Right. And then anything I had one of, I topped off to four. And then just whatever I had left. But I want to leave myself like 30 or 40 Mm -hmm. in case like there was an uncommon I needed for a... For a deck. Yeah, I didn't leave myself that many. I think I left myself like 15-ish commons and uncommons. Yeah, I didn't use any of my common ones uh, just because like the seals kind of took care of yeah. the commons. And right, the common wild cards are actually probably harder to get mm-hmm. than all the other wild cards. Yeah. Because like every time you open a pack, you get a sixth of a rare or a right. sixth of an uncommon. But you're not guaranteed any commons right. when you open your pack. So you have to just randomly get them. Yeah. So, they're harder to get. Yeah, and yeah. if you want to like make a deck that has a common that you don't have, and you've already burned all your yeah. commons, there's so no I, other way to get them. Yeah. So and then you're like, I've got to open some Ixalan packs for this garbage. Randomly, card. yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of uh, going forward. Hopefully, this won't be an issue because we'll like once rotation hits, most people will have been playing since like Arena was out. Yeah, right? since like. Uh, because the only way to get like Ixalan stuff was to be in like the pre-beta or the alpha or whatever. But didn't it reset all the accounts? It did, yeah. So you lost all your stuff. Yeah. Yep. So like everyone started at like guilds, right? Effectively. Yeah. So yeah, once the my hope is that like once the next once rotation happens, mm-hmm. basically I'll have almost a full set of guilds, almost a full yeah. set of war allegiances, and then the new sets going forward. Yeah. So then it's just. It's just I have all the cards. Like yeah. I have the like Wizards God account. Yeah. Which then will make it way easier. Yep. So we've been talking for a long time. We didn't have show notes, but we've cobbled together some topics here. We did a pretty good job of coming up with stuff to talk about. Last week we were all excited for being at a thousand downloads. We were. How many uh, downloads are we at now? So right before we started the show, I went and checked our downloads and we were at twelve hundred and four downloads. Yeah, so we went from like a thousand downloads over 15 weeks or 14 yeah. weeks. Yeah. We had 200 downloads just this week. Just this past week. So thank you all. Yes, thank you. Uh, we we are uh, hoping that you are telling your friends. Yep. Um, it seems like you are because yeah. we also have uh, every episode since our Challenger Deck episode has had at least 100 downloads also. Yeah, so we might... Uh, 
since that seems to be what the people want, we yeah. might go uh, look at some of the new cards and see if there's anything that we can do with the challenger decks. Absolutely. I think that's to, a great idea to uh, kind of expand those yep. like mono red didn't get a whole lot, but yeah. some of the other decks might, there might be some more toys to play with. Yeah. So we'll check them out. We'll give you, we'll let you, let you know. Yep. So again, follow us on Twitter and at casual tripod. Yep. Uh, on Facebook at casual tryhard MTG. And you can email us at uh, casualtryhardmtg at gmail.com. And apparently, like all the good podcasters, uh, hit those like and subscribe buttons. Uh, sure. And then uh, tell all your friends. Go on to go on to iTunes and like. I think you can probably leave us a ra- rating. Oh yeah. Yeah, you could leave us a rating because that that apparently helps people. Okay, do that. And we're people now, so we need, <laughs> we need the help. That's true. So with that, uh, well, hang on, one oh, more thing. One more thing. Oh no. Um, because uh, it looks like we're picking up some uh, listeners from not in our area. If there's anything you want us to talk about or you know topics you want us to discuss, things you want us to touch on, hit us up. We're always looking for show ideas. Yeah, so. we have a we have a, a sheet with things that people have asked us to talk about and like at our local store. Yep. But again, like you can tweet at us or yep. email us or whatever, and we can add it to the list. Yep. And if it's something that's like topical and like soon, we could maybe get to it. Yeah. Maybe not a whole show, but part of one. Yeah. We try and uh, a lot of our stuff seems to be kind of data focused. Yeah. Um, so that stuff, it's kind of hard to push off. But yeah, if there's, you know, some other topics that you want to want us to pepper in, let us know. Yeah. We are. We are here for you. That's right. And with that. Yeah. And with that. Uh, thank you. And uh, we'll see you around. Yep. We'll catch you at FNM. and